you have to be strong you have to be the one protecting all the time so yeah. i feel like they've taken over that so much that they've learned to suppress their emotions and they don't even know where to begin 100% you know so how can it tap into that emotional state i think it has to be a societal thing i'm very comfortable in who i am I'm very comfortable in my emotions. I'm very comfortable in my feelings. I'm very comfortable in my sexuality. I don't think a lot of guys are, and I see it often. And people are scared to be proven wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. I've had to learn to be wrong. And I still find myself getting frustrated with that. And I'm incredibly grateful to have a partner like Athena that calls me out on that. It's like, you're being a dick. Stop thinking this way. I'm like, you know what, you're right. Okay, let me do this, 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 this. But I've had relationships that have molded that. And I said it earlier, like, I want to be the kind of man that affects men around me and say, hey, dude, you know, it's okay. It's okay for you to feel like shit because this person died. It's okay for you to cry in the middle of a Marvel's film because of an amazing scene like Cap grabbing the hammer and everyone going wild. Because I guarantee you, 99% of the other guys in that cinema are feeling the exact same way. And it's okay. You're right. Where does this bullshit come from? Oh, you, you're a man. You must, must be strong and you must do these things. It's like, yeah, I can do both. 100%. I can do both. I can put on a perception at work of, I know exactly what we're doing. We're going to go forward. But when I get home, I'm like, head in my, hand in my head's like, man, I don't know if I can do this, but I have a partner that supports me and says, you can, what can I do to help? Nine times out of 10, there's nothing she can do. But the fact that you have that, that support, that system that is constantly hold, gives you that drive, I think is really important. You know, it's, it's breaking down those masculinity roles, that masculinity thought, that ego thought that all guys have. And the sooner... Any guy that listens to this, the sooner you realize that that is more sexy to a woman than going to the gym eight hours a day, trust me, life will be so much easier for you, bro. Because it is. It's not a, hey, let me do this so I can get laid. It actually feels really good for myself that I don't have to put on this persona all the time. And it feels pretty good that I can have people around me that think and feel the same way. Yeah. I feel like the guys who are very much focused on appearances, they're putting a lot of work and effort in how they look good. But what they don't understand is they don't have to put the work that they put today. And that gives them a sense of freedom. I would say you're right. You're about 80% there. It's like, yes, you don't have to put in the work, the physical work, but you definitely have to put in the emotional work. You definitely have to work out your emotional brain. You know, you have to constantly work at that. I don't think I've ever had a woman like, hey, um, I'm really battling with this. Like, I don't understand why you feel this way. Please tell me. Or like, what did I do that was wrong? Like, I don't think I've ever had a woman like go, oh, well, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Like, if that happens, she's not the right person to talk to. Right. But you have to work on that emotional muscle. And that, mm -hmm. that takes effort, but it's fun. Sure. And what about this term being whipped <laughs> so that's something yeah something is yeah. whipped yeah yeah i see this words come out of guys a lot more than girls 
Yep. When a guy gets married and he's spending a lot of time with his wife or even when he just starts dating someone, you don't see him a lot more often than before. Then yep. guy friends would go like, ah, oh, he's whipped. Like, what is that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that. I've definitely, you know, back in the day, oh, bro, you're so whipped. As it kind of evolved, it's more like a joke than you, you're whipped. Like, yeah, bro, I've got a kid with this this woman of course i'm whipped you know but it comes back to that whole masculinity thing it comes back to that whole uh being comfortable with who you are but more importantly it also comes down to balance you know finding balance in a relationship yeah absolutely you know there are times where you find people that lose themselves in a relationship and they think or feel like i can't be who i am without this person that for me is incredibly toxic. That for me is incredibly worrying where that person has to rely on them. Yeah. So they kind of lose their identity almost yep. like they can't picture themselves without this person next to them. hundred percent. Kind of like codependency. Exactly. And they become so codependent that they're so scared that if they leave the house or the apartment to go hang out with their boys and do a boys night, that you know the first thing is oh she's gonna leave me it's like I, I gotta be there every five seconds holding her hand although she's gonna leave me it's like bro if she's gonna leave you over that she wasn't really the one and that comes down to that ego thing again of losing it's like you know men can't lose it's like you didn't really lose it's not losing if it wasn't really the right thing to start like any woman that just leaves you because of whatever i'm not and again like if you're hanging out with your boys seven nights a week then there's also another issue it's like it's finding that balance as you have to grow as men i also do think that the thinking needs to evolve a little bit from women i personally if i want to go out with my friends or a guy whatsapps me or whatever is like hey let's go out. i'm like cool yeah let me see what's going on and i'll whatsapp athena straight away i'm like hey listen do you mind if i go out for drinks with xyz i know it's not an issue but it's mutual respect. I'm not just saying to her, I'm doing this stuff, what you say. It's saying, hey, listen, I want you to know, I would like to go out to this guy. You cool with it? And she's like, yeah. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's being whipped. It's not. It's being respectful. It's being respectful of that person's time and effort. The same way that when she wants to go out and do something with her friends, and would you not get upset with her just saying, hey, I'm going out tonight with my girls. I'm like, okay, I thought we could like hang out and watch a movie and make a nice dinner. Like if you don't have that, you know, the mutual respect, it's a bigger issue. So the whipped comes into that. The simping comes into that. It's the, uh, you can't be seen as subservient to a woman that is in your mind lesser. And that for me is incredibly scary that we're hearing and seeing kids saying and thinking this way it's an evolution of the language it's an evolution of the thought process i mean there were things i used to say when i was younger now I look at today i'm like how the hell did i get away with saying that you know like so it has to change to answer your question as bluntly as i can it's ego it's just pure ego guys are incredibly unassured very scared very unaware and you know not self-assured the second that you are things like oh you went whip bro 
don't even affect you. It's like, cool story, bud. I'm going to go and uh, have a few beers with my boys and then go home and get laid. What are you doing tonight? Yeah, it almost sounds like ego is like a shield they have in order to protect all those things that you mentioned, like assurance, reassurance, mm-hmm. um, insecurities, things like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. such a terrible thought process to think that, you know, guys like to be told they look good. You know, such a terrible thought process for guys to be told, you know, I re- appreciate you. Like, I don't know why people are weirded out by that. Like, it feels good. It feels good when a thing is like, hey, man, you look really good today. Even though I haven't really tried, I'm just like, no, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. Like, oh, you did a good job. It's like, yeah, I did. Thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. Like, I don't know why it's such a weird concept. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, being recognized, being noticed, I think anyone would appreciate that. And yep. if you look at, let's say, a five-year-old, you would see that in him. He would want to be recognized from the drawings he's made. If he won the race, then he would want to be applauded. So mm-hmm. when did man lose touch of that? You know, we can still continue to appreciate your... Achievements. Achievements, yeah, exactly. So nothing wrong with that. I agree with you. I do have a bit of an issue. I, I feel like there is a an overcorrection that is happening. You know, you, you look at participation awards. We have no winners. We just have participation participants. Like, no, no, no. Kids need to learn at a young age that there are winners and losers. But the caveat, if you're a loser, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. That's the kind of message that's always missing. We see it in rugby and NFL and professional sports. Yeah, and also, if you lose, you're not a loser in everything. You know what I mean? You just lost that game. 100%. So I think that there is an overcorrection that is happening with that, and we need to kind of find a middle ground, and this is kind of where society, if you will, is finding its feet. There was an NFL star a while back. Now, NFL's got a huge issue with domestic violence. He was arrested for domestic violence and he actually, he went for treatments and all that sort of stuff. And he's a massive advocate for counseling for NFL players to prevent domestic violence. He actually heads up a pretty big organization for it. And he summed it up perfectly. He's like, as a kid, you're taught to turn it on. As a guy, you're taught to turn on that aggression. You're told to turn on, I'm going to beat the crap out of you no matter what. I'm going to win at all costs. But no one ever teaches you to turn it off. And that's incredibly dangerous. It's like, here, kitty, here's a loaded gun. I'm not going to show you how to make it safe. I'm not going to show you how to take the bullets out. Go forth and plunder. That's incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And I think that comes into the ego masculinity side. Like, as a kid, a four-year-old, you see a kid drop, hurt its knee, whatever. Oh, boys don't cry. Only girls cry. It's like, okay, well, that's ingrained in me, right? Pink is a color only for girls, not for dudes. Like, okay, that's ingrained in me. Oh, by the way, Wayne. Yeah. You know, pink was first a color for boys. And then when girls started wearing pink, that's when boys stopped wearing pink. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And, you know, if you look around my room at the moment, I'm wearing a maroon shirt, semi-pink. I've got a pink screen. I've got pink and blue lights going on. Like, it evolves. Like my thinking around it has evolved. But when you're younger, that's what's taught to you. And I think the ego thing of men, first place, losers, last place, this and that, has to find a middle ground, has to find a, 
hey, you didn't win at the running race, but bro, you're a big guy. Running is not your thing. Maybe water polo is your thing. Maybe singing, singing, maybe drama, maybe whatever it might be, it will be your thing. And that's okay. And I think that there is a lot of underlying issues, especially for men that need a change. And I think if we can affect those changes, a lot of societal things will change naturally, you know, me too, black lives matter, all these things. If you can affect how you raise men, you will change the world for better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for that. So the next question is, how does a man deal with breakups? Drinking. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm not <laughs> kidding. But yeah. Um, yeah. So breakups affect men probably the same, if not worse than women do. This is what I've heard. So when a man breaks up, initially they're very happy because they think they've got that freedom. But then a couple yep. of months in, they start missing the girl. Yeah. And usually the case is they contact the girl. How does that relate to you? Yeah, I learned to deal with breakups in general at a very young age. You're 100% right. The cycle is about on par. can't remember where it was. I think it was an episode of How I Met Your Mother. They spoke about this once. Like, how long to get over a girl? And I think the one maths they came up with was bang on. Uh, one day for every week you spent with that person. Up until a certain amount of time. Really? It's not like a you must get over this person in, in a day or two days or three days or whatever. You know, it comes back to that whole ego thing again i break up with a girl or get broken up with my immediate reaction is depending on how i'm feeling eight times out of ten is to go out and have sex with another woman or go out and get completely drunk with my friends or do something stupid because we don't have or not built with the vocabulary to deal with that issue we I say we, it, it, the general thought process is, yeah, it sucks. Come on, boy's not out. We're going to get you drunk. You're not going to sit at home. We even contemplate sitting at home and kind of dealing with those emotions. You're just going to drown yourself in drink and, you know, just carry on. Do men talk to each other about breakups? And what's the conversation around the breakup? It depends on the guy. And I mean, in terms of the friend you're talking to. So I have a very good friend of mine, uh, Brad Byrne. I'll definitely get into the nitty gritty with him about it. Because he has the same emotional maturity, I would say, as I do. And he's able to kind of, you know, not, hey, bro, it's all good. You know, like most guys would do. Um, you would actually have poignant, consistent conversation. And, you know, call me out on stuff. And that's always positive. But like a lot of guys are like, yeah, no, man, it sucks. Um, she seemed cool. Uh, or, you know, she was a this or they were that or, you know, it wasn't going to work or you made a better choice or you deserve better or, you know, like, you'll hear the whole range of it all. Yeah, it really does depend on uh, the group of guys you're with and how comfortable you feel discussing these things with them. That's incredibly critical, I actually think, more than anything else. Yeah, so the ways I've dealt with breakups, my first one was I fell into a relationship like a month later. And I dated another girl. So the classic rebound. I've done the just go out clubbing for six, seven, eight months. I don't know if you ever read a book called The Game. No, I haven't. Check it out. It's a, it's a fun read. <laughs> it's about pickup artists. These guys that use techniques to pick up women and just run around, you know, sleeping with as many women as they can. 
Um, actually a really good book. Can't remember the author's name right now, but he wrote Marilyn Manson's autobiography. Incredible book. And any woman that wants to get the inside of a 24 year old, read that book. I promise you now you'll pick up on so many things, so many cheesy lines. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so cheesy, but I'm kind of keen, right? These are techniques that you learn. So like negging, for instance. And then just the classic, you know, I know a lot of guys who go through a bad breakup, they're receding themselves. I know one of my breakups I went on, I didn't eat for two weeks or barely ate for two weeks. Like so much so that my mother pulled me aside. It's like, I'm really, really worried about you. You need to eat. A friend's pulling me aside like, hey man, like we're worried about you. Like, so a lot of guys do react that way. And I think a lot of them don't think they do. I do think that a lot of ladies think when the guy says this is how they've been acting, they're thinking, oh, you're just saying that. Like, no, guys don't sleep. They react the same way as women do. I remember one particular night, what you're talking about went from a month or two months after breaking up. And it was my decision to break up, but it was after a seven-year relationship. So it was there was a lot kind of riding in. About three months in, like started talking to her again. And she's like, actually, I'm seeing someone. And I remember that night sitting in the dark in the kitchen, eating 12 red velvet cupcakes and finishing a bottle of whiskey to myself. Wow. All I needed was an episode of Sex in the City in the background and it would have had the, the cliche <laughs> done. But that was just at the time what felt right. Obviously not, not, it's obviously not healthy to do that, but you know, at the time it was just what felt right to me. That's the reaction. Yeah. yeah. You kind of reacted in that way. How do you get over a breakup? How do you get over a person? I don't think you can force yourself into it. You just have to work the process. You just have to go through the steps. And what do I mean by steps? Like you have to live it. You have to acknowledge it and you have to kind of work through it. And every day... I like to believe it gets better. Some days are worse. It's like losing someone to a death. The difference is that that person's still there, if you will. But for all intents and purposes, especially with social media, person's still there, uh, which I think can make it a lot harder. I definitely think social media has made breakups a lot harder. Yeah, because you can check on them whenever yeah. you want. Yeah. 100%. You know, I go through the, I uh, kind of have my like checklist, unfollow block, unfollow block, unfollow block on all the social medias I can think of. I don't want to talk to that person. And then like three days later, I'll start to refollow. And then I will start to like try to reach out and, oh, have I made a mistake? Is this a terrible idea? Um, you know, have I messed this up? You know, but all the reasons why you broke up were, valid or seemed self-validating so i don't think you can just force yourself into getting over a relationship i definitely don't think jumping into another one is a great idea uh, i did that once with a girl that i actually really really liked but i carried so much baggage from the previous relationship that i just doomed it like it was not going to work no matter how hard i wanted to try and the problem was i was trying too hard and when you break up with someone, you've emotionally disconnected or tried to emotionally disconnect from someone, it's incredibly difficult. And you have to just work the process. Yeah, so I've heard this thing about how men get attached to women. It's a bit different from women getting attached to men. So how so? What I've heard is that the more time guys invest in a girl, the more they get attached. So for guys, it's an investment. 
of their time or effort or things you've done, um, things you've given. Mm -hmm. So how does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. I think it's foolish to think that it doesn't happen both ways. Guys will, whether they admit it or not, probably why relationships hit them in such a way is they do invest emotionally in that relationship. And with that, you're almost proven right. Like, oh, I should be more hard next time. Don't feel this way. Don't let us see these emotions because it just ends up getting thrown in your face. So that can have a very negative reaction. It can have a reaction of, oh, I must be a man, masculine. Let me go sleep with 20 women. Or it can have the reaction where next time they get in a relationship, they're very hesitant to open themselves up again, to engage in that way, which ends up, you know, actually causing more issues anyway. I do think that there's a perception that guys are affected by breakups differently to women. And whether that is 100% true or not, I would argue with. We react in a different way because we are affected in such a way. We are affected just as much as you are or as a woman is. And that in itself creates more issues. That in itself is the reason that a lot of guys are just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I'd rather just kind of go back to my animalistic ways and act a certain way that they shouldn't be acting anyway. It almost sounds like some guys get stuck in the loop of not knowing how to get out of it. Um, yeah, so there's a saying in NFL, Monday Night Quarterback, meaning the guy who always looks at the game that he played on Sunday and assesses his issues. Okay, I screwed this up. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I don't think enough guys do that. And they do, like you say, they fall into that circle. They don't self-assess and say, all right, cool. Yeah, I was a dick. I didn't pay enough attention. I didn't communicate enough. I didn't do X, Y, Z enough. Therefore, the woman eventually got to a point where she just couldn't care anymore and ended up breaking up or you ended up breaking up. And then you go into the next relationship, not learning from that mistake and doing the exact same thing over and saying, oh, everything will be different this time. But if you haven't changed, how's it going to be different? Was it Einstein that said, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Like, it's crazy to think that like I acted a certain way. I'm going to come into this relationship. I'm going to act the exact same way and expect a different result. No, but no, that's not how it works. <laughs> I do think that there needs to be a little bit of a self-reflection, Monday night quarterback, kind of looking back and saying, hey, man, you can't do that again. Like the way you reacted to this situation, you can't react that way. You know, something that I've learned is that I react to certain things in a very bad way. We all have that. Yeah, be it something Athena says to me, be it something that work says to me or does to me, be it something that society does to me. And I react in such a way that Athena will call me out and say, I don't like it when you like that. I don't like it when you say or do that. So now I have to self-reflect and I have to say, okay, well, what is it that I'm saying or doing that is A, causing her to feel that way? B, should I actually feel this way? Because, you know, I keep on saying like, you know, she says, this and I mustn't feel that way. And I'll go, okay, cool. You're hundred percent right. That's also pretty dangerous 
with the wrong person because all of a sudden the person starts to change who you are. It's like, oh, don't get so upset. It's just some weird lady. It's like, no, but actually the point she's trying to make is 100% right. And why are you making me feel bad for feeling bad about that thing she's saying? So that can be dangerous. The other night, the other night we were on the couch and we were just watching a movie, doing something, and I was getting frustrated with an app. And Athena was talking to me. She did absolutely nothing wrong. But I just felt this insatiable rage towards her. And I just said to her, babe, I, I can't explain this to you right now. Please don't take this the wrong way. I feel incredibly angry with you and incredibly frustrated with you. And I can't tell you why. And she just looked at me. She's like, okay, cool. What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I think I'm frustrated with this app. I'm, I'm frustrated with this. Let me just work through this. Give me two seconds. She's like, okay, cool. We're at that comfortable space that I can do that. And I'm also trying to grow as a human and saying, recognize that issue, recognize that fear, recognize that anger and trace it. My natural reaction previously was to shout and scream and be irrational instead of acknowledging that fear, acknowledging that anger and vocalizing it. And I found that that's helped me a lot as a person. I vocalize this anger and say, babe, I'm feeling incredibly angry with you. I don't know why you've done nothing wrong to make me feel this way. I'm just feeling like this insatiable rage. Can you just give me two seconds? She's like, yeah, sure. And I work through it and I acknowledge it and I move on. I think that that has just been from Monday night quarterback sitting back and going, that's why that relationship didn't work. That's why this business didn't work. That's why that didn't work because you let yourself get into these spirals and you don't deal with it. And the immediate reaction with a lot of people is like, oh, just don't feel angry. Yeah, bro. Cool. Cool story. Please tell me again how I mustn't feel angry. Like, you know, how many times has that worked out? Like at the airport, shouting and screaming at a security officer. Oh, so just calm down. Like that doesn't work. No, actually it's the opposite. When someone tells you to calm down or relax, it's like, no, okay, now I'm not going to relax. Now I'm, now <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me own this emotion. And I'm going to vocalize it to you and say, I'm feeling incredibly angry with you right now, but I have no reason to. So please know it's not personal. And that person, if they also emotionally in tune, they'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's not a personal thing. Like we all get like that. And like, it disarms me. I feel like it's healthy. I feel like it's something that is an evolution of dealing with that emotion. Because like I said, I don't know what triggered it, but I'm feeling it. Now I need to own it. Um, when I was training for the World Barista Champs, I battle with stage fright. I battle with public speaking. It's not something that I used to enjoy. So I studied the two groups of people that I thought deal with a fear and a pressure like no one else. Special service SWAT teams, so like Navy SEALs, etc., and rugby teams. And the common thread between all of them is... Everyone thinks a Navy SEAL never gets scared. He says, well, actually we do. If we're not scared, we're not thinking right. The difference is we own the fear. We acknowledge the fear. We say, we see you fear. You're supposed to be here because that's how we hardwired as humans, but I'm not going to let you take control of me. I'm not going to let you own my actions because I see you and I acknowledge it. And that for me was a big turning point. I used to do a lot of yoga. I had a yoga teacher teach me the concept of the silent witness. 
the idea behind the silent witness is a form of meditation where you kind of step back your inner voice. You know, there's always theory or concept within your meditation teachings. Oh, I silence your mind. The problem with that is what is the mind designed to do? The mind is designed to think. Telling the mind to silence and keep quiet is like trying to tell the heart to stop beating. Its pure purpose is to create thought. So you have to evolve that thinking of silence the mind to what they call the silent witness, where you as the being kind of step back from your thought process and you let that stream of thought flow through and you just, you don't even acknowledge it. You're just like, yep, think that, do this, do that. Because I would think things and be like, I'm a terrible person for thinking that. How, what the hell? And the teaching was, that's not you. You are the byproduct of your actions. Your mind and your body react in certain ways that we cannot understand. And your job is to be that silent witness to step back from that thought process and say, mind, do your thing. But I'm not going to let it take control of me. And that scenario on the couch where I got angry is my version of the silent witness. Stepping back and saying, I acknowledge I'm feeling angry. I acknowledge you're not the reason. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Let me just deal with this emotion and move on. That's a great example. I think a lot of guys going into new relationships after relationships need to have that talk with themselves. Need to have those kinds of people that kind of say to, hey dude, yeah, things didn't go right. I'm not saying it's 100% your fault, but... What did you do or not do that added to the complication of that relationship? And B, what did the other person do that you don't like? What traits, what personality, what engagement did that person have that you didn't like? And when you go into your next relationship, look out for those. If you start to see the same things, you're like, this is not a good thing for me. I think one of the biggest things that we got to learn as men is to assess what it is that did or did not work in the previous relationship, be it your actions, be it the actions of your partner. You know, what are the traits in that person that doesn't gel with you? And I think it's okay to get three or four months into it because let's be honest, it takes about two months or so for you to kind of relax in a relationship where you actually see what that person is like constantly. You know, Athena and I was, <laughs> that, that probably came a little bit sooner. I think we lived together from day one. <laughs> we always joke like our first date lasted 10 days. You know, I think after 10 days was the first time she stayed at her house. But we kind of got to know each other pretty quickly. We saw the traits that we liked or didn't like. And for me, that was important to find the thing that worked, you know. And I think a lot of people get scared and this is, I think the bit of the challenge of dating in your late 30s or early 30s is that you've just spent four months with a person. Like, it feels like a bit of a waste, right? One quarter of the year, one third of the year. But I think we got to stop equating our happiness to that metric. It's like, yeah, it's four months. How many years do you want to spend with this person? You know, how long do you think you're going to have with this person? Let's say 50 years. Four months in 50 years is nothing. Are you going to sacrifice 49 years and eight months of happiness because you're like, oh, I threw away four months. Fuck that, mate. Find the thing that works for you that helps you. Don't be scared to go after the things you want. Be open to different things. And I think 
there's a fine balance that has to happen where people think, oh, opposites attract. It's like, yeah, opposites do attract to an extent, but my gosh, it can be incredibly tiring to have every word of you out of your mouth questioned by a person. It'd be very tiring to have a person that doesn't like the kind of music you like because the real kind of bread and butter of the relationship sandwich is the quiet time. It is the sitting on the couch, watching stupid TV, listening to books, doing whatever it is you do. And if those quiet time things don't gel with your partner, you are not going to last. I remember talking to a friend of mine, a guy we knew, I say knew because him and his then fiance broke up, saying, oh, you know, I really look forward to my drives to work. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's like one of the worst parts of my day. It's like, yeah, I know, but I get to listen to the music that I want to listen to. Because when I'm at home, I can't do that. Like, hey. Or guys say, uh, how did you handle three weeks together in Thailand? You know, did you guys not just go out of your mind? I was like, what are you talking about? Like three weeks together on our own it was amazing. Like, you know, if you're thinking the opposite of that, like that's a red flag. If you feel like you can't listen to the music that you want to listen to within reason, don't get me wrong. Like I can't listen to death metal in the middle of the house whilst Athena's here, but I can listen to some other stuff and things be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, she'll put on a headset or do whatever it is. That's cool. Like I, I get it, but we enjoy the same movies. We enjoy the same stuff. I read at a grade three level. She reads at a university master degree level. Um, so books are not my thing, but it's hers. And, you know, we find ways to hang out with each other 10 hours a day and not say anything and be very comfortable in that. And the reason we are is we both know what we want. I personally have seen the things or the actions that don't gel with me. So when I see that kind of behavior, I just want to stand for it. So... Move on to the last question. What can we appreciate about men in 2020? I think what you can appreciate about men in 2020 is the movement that is happening around woman equality, around Me Too, around Black Lives Matter. We are seeing more and more support and understanding from guys. And I am seeing more and more guys just, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. If I have to say something, I'll say something. And what I mean by that is I think there's a danger in guys, especially white men, speaking up because you tend to draw the spotlight. You want to support? Cool. Stand next to your wife, stand next to your girlfriend, stand next to whomever and march with them and retweet their tweets and like their tweets and move forward. You don't have to put your opinion in. You can just repost that opinion and say, I support this. You don't have to speak. I do think that that evolution is happening. I don't think it's happening fast enough currently. And I think that's incredibly scary for a lot of guys. But I do see more and more men becoming more and more in touch with their, the emotions, with their feelings. I guarantee you how many guys that you know or I know that you say, oh man, that scene with Tony Stark dying, tears. And eight men out of 10 that I talk to, like, yeah, dude, 100%. You telling me, I guarantee you right now, no guy worth his salt would have said that 20 years ago. Be very, 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 very few scenes in a movie 
that would the guy would admit to that. And so that is happening. I think that men are more and more seeing women as equals. There's a lot, a lot of work still to be done. Please do not get me wrong. We are definitely a minority, but we are a growing minority. I think for women in particular, they need to look at it this way. Something is being done. Change is happening. And we are starting to listen. Are we listening at the pace that you want? No. Is the change happening at the pace that you want? No. Are we doing the things that you want us to do? No. Are we getting there? Hell yeah. Are we making the small changes? Yes. But hold our hands. Take us through with you. Don't belittle. Don't berate. Because that's all that's going to happen is the guys are just going to turn around and say, oh, cool. There's all my effort out the door. Cheers. I don't need to agree with this anymore. Because that will happen. Is that correct? No, of course not. But it comes back to all these things we've been talking about, all the issues of men and relationships. Ego, 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 masculinity. That's it. And you got to break through that shell. But it's getting there. I think the positive for a lot of women is that you are finding more and more support in men who are willing to support your dreams, support your goals, support you as a person, whether they say it physically, emotionally, whatever it is, behind closed doors, take the win and say, cool, how can I get them to evolve in this? Why am I even going to win this fight? So yeah, I think it's getting there. Yeah, I personally see that in my life with my guy friends, with my fiance. They've been very supportive with what I wanted to do. And I feel very recognized, noticed, encouraged. So I'm receiving all the support that I need from men around me. And there's definitely a lot more than let's say one generation back. Yep. So yeah, we definitely appreciate that about men. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head, one generation. It's literally a generation of men. We are the first. We are the first generation that, you know, the 84 to 89 babies, we are that first generation. As a South African, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, we were one of the first generations, you know, out of apartheid, all that sort of stuff. Like we've dealt with that generational change and the many, 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 many speed bumps associated with it. But it's a learning curve. And I think as a guy, we have to be open to that learning and understanding and, you know, just get off our high horse every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, Wayne, for joining today. My absolute pleasure, Sarah. Thanks a lot for having me and uh, hope I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> no, your rambling was absolutely great. So <laughs> thanks for that. Pleasure, Sarah. And I hope to have you on board again. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. This was the end of the topic, romance within what does it mean to be a man in 2020? The next episode, we will cover family. So stay tuned for that. Until then, bye-bye.